from the studios of Adventist World Radio in Pune. A very warm welcome to you. This is the international service in English from Adventist World Radio in Pune. On our broadcast today, we have music followed by a story for children. With more music coming in, you will also hear a short message from God's word. This is Maureen. I'm your host Sharad and you are listening to Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Let's begin our program with a song. Until my 
shall find all that sweet rest beyond the You are listening to Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope from Pune, India. And now it's time to hear a story. Dear listeners, the title of our story today is Mother's Sacrifice. My mom had one eye. I hated her. She was such an embarrassment. My mom ran a small shop at a flea market. She collected little weeds and such to sell anything for the money we needed. She was such an embarrassment. There was this day during elementary school. I remember that it was a field day and my mom came. I was so embarrassed. How could she do this to me? I threw her a hateful look and ran out. The next day at school, Your mom has only one eye? And they taunted me. I wish that my mom would just disappear from this world. So I said to my mom, Mom, why don't you have the other eye? You're only going to make me a laughing stock. Why don't you just die? My mom did not respond. I guess I felt a little bad, but at the same time it felt good to think that I had said what I wanted to say all this time. Maybe it was because my mom hadn't punished me, but I didn't think that I had hurt her feelings very badly. That night, I woke up and went to the kitchen to get a glass of water. My mom was crying there so quietly as if she was afraid that she might wake me. I took a look at her and then turned away. Because of the thing I had said to her earlier, there was some pinching at me in the corner of my heart. Even so, I hated my mother who was crying out of her one eye. So I told myself that I would grow up and become successful because I hated my one-eyed mom and our poverty desperately. Then I studied really hard. I left my mother and came to Seoul and studied and got accepted in the university with all the confidence I had. Then I got married. I bought a house of my own. Then I had kids. Now I'm living happily as a successful man. I like it here because it's a place that doesn't remind me of my mom. This happiness was getting bigger and bigger when someone unexpected came to see me. What? Who's this? It was my mother, still with her one eye. It felt as if the whole sky was falling apart on me. My little girl ran away scared of my mom's eye. And I asked her, Who are you? I don't know you. As if I tried to make that real, I screamed at her, How dare you come to my house and scare my daughter? Get out of here now. And to this, my mother quietly answered, Oh, I'm so sorry. I may have gotten the wrong address. And she disappeared. Thank goodness she doesn't recognize me. I was quite relieved. I told myself that I wasn't going to care or think about 
this for the rest of my life. Then a wave of relief came upon me. One day a letter regarding a school reunion came to my house. I lied to my wife saying that I was going on a business trip. After the reunion, I went down to the old shack that I used to call a house, just out of curiosity there. I found my mother fallen on the cold ground, but I did not shed a single tear. She had a piece of paper in her hand. It was a letter to me. She wrote, My son, I think my life has been long enough now, and I won't visit Seoul anymore. But would it be too much to ask if I wanted to come visit me once in a while? I miss you so much, and I was so glad when I heard that you were coming for the reunion. But I decided not to go to the school for you. I'm sorry that I have only one eye, and I was an embarrassment for you. You see, when you were little, you got into an accident and lost your eye. As a mother, I couldn't stand watching you having to grow up with only one eye, so I gave you mine. I was so proud of my son that was seeing a whole new world for me in my place with that eye. I was never upset at you for anything you did. The couple times that you were angry with me, I thought to myself, it's because he loves me. I miss the times you were still young around me. I miss you so much. I love you. You mean the world to me. My world shattered. I hated the person who only lived for me. I cried for my mother. I didn't know of any way that will make up for my worst deeds. Dear listeners, never hate anyone for their disabilities. Never disrespect your parents. Don't ignore and underestimate the sacrifices. They gave us life. They raised us better than they had been. They give and keep trying to give better than what they had. They never wish unwell for their kids, even in their wildest dreams. They always try showing right path and being motivator. Parents give up all for kids. Forgive all mistakes made by kids. There is no way to repay what they done for kids. All we can do is try giving what they need, and it is just time, love, and respect. Thank you for an inspiring story, friends. God's word is our guide to success. It teaches us the truth and equips us with the skills and understanding to live life to the fullest. Indeed, dishonesty, jealousy, anger, hatred, revenge, avarice, prejudice, selfishness, and exploitation are shown to be factors which destroy peace within the individual, in relationship, and in society. Dear listener, love, understanding, forgiveness, reconciliation, acceptance of one's fault, generosity, personal commitment to justice and peace are upheld as values which can guide a young person throughout life and bring peace and harmony on earth when they are practiced by all. Well, friend, to learn more on God's word, you're welcome to write to us on Adventist World Radio, Post Box Number Seventeen, 
पुणे फोर वन वन जीरो जीरो वन महाराष्ट्र इंडिया यू कैन ऑल्सो ई मेल अस ऑन एडवेंटिस मीडिया सेंटर एट जी मेल डॉट कॉम डू फॉलो दिस प्रोग्राम्स ऑन आवर वेबसाइट दैट इज ए डब्ल्यू आर डॉट ओ आर जी स्लैश इंग्लिश प्रोग्राम बिफोर यू हियर गॉड्स वर्ड हियर्स Some brightly burning some dark and cold there is a spirit who brings a fire ignites a candle and makes his
Time to hear God's word. Hello and welcome friend. This is Sharad with you again sharing God's word on the topic Lessons from the Life of Daniel. Dear listener, Daniel's life is an example of how we can live a life of integrity in a culture that is trying to squeeze us all into its mold. These actions are not commanded, they are commanded. Our task is to take the principles that uh, Daniel lived and apply them to our own modern experiences. So let's get started in Daniel chapter 1 verses 1 and 2 with some historical background. Daniel opens with two second uh, statements about the siege of Jerusalem by Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon. The first describes the event in terms of secular history. Nebuchadnezzar came to Jerusalem and besieged it. The second is in terms of biblical theology and the Lord God gave Jehoiakim into his hands. Nebuchadnezzar was not content with controlling the leading cities of these lands. he also desired to control the thoughts and uh, hearts of the people in these cities rather than forcing the uh, ruling leaders to change nebuchadnezzar moved uh, the best and brightest young people of the land into his palace in doing so he was taking a long term view of his conquest He knew that overcoming people by military force was not enough. If they continued to resist him, more and more of his resources would be demanded. He was not the last leader to realize that capturing the hearts and minds of the young people would eventually capture these nations. Dear listener, let's look at the experience of Daniel. The course of study is described in Daniel chapter 1 verses 3 to 7. Number 1 it mentions of uh, the isolation. These young men were isolated from the influences that would mold their thinking and character in the ways of the Lord. They were separated from the regular public worship of God, from the teaching of the word of God and from the fellowship and wisdom of God's people. Number 2 indoctrination notice the emphasis on the learning the language and literature of babylonians this seems harmless and there is nothing inherently wrong with learning foreign literature or languages but in this case the aim was not merely academic Nebuchadnezzar wanted to uh, restrain their minds to think as Babylonians rather than as Israelites within the language and literature of a culture are the seeds of its own world view thirdly dear listener compromise culture does not uh, scream at us to change it entices us with those things to which our undisciplined appetites and desires are drawn the food allotment was one such seduction it was not 
Toko Bell, but they fill it Mignon. It was connecting the indoctrination with a different lifestyle, one that promised a lot more than it would deliver. Fourthly, dear listener, confusion. The fourth element in the process of weaning these young men from the truth was the changing of their names. These names would be used day after day in normal speech and would remind these young people of the direction in which they were headed. The principle is simple. The way we think about God, ourselves, others and the world determines how we live. If Nebuchadnezzar would get these uh, young men to think like Babylonians, they would begin to live like Babylonians. The reverse was also true. The less they thought of themselves as the Lord's people, as his servants, the less they would live like one of them. Few of us live in the kind of totalitarian state into which Daniel was brought. Yet we are still confronted by this strategy. Number two, dear listener, the right attitude. Let us have the right attitude. And what attitude did Daniel have? So how did Daniel and his friends handle this cultural crunch? How can we handle our own conflicts with our culture? Dear listener, develop firm conviction and resolutions. Apparently, some of the food Daniel was to consume had been declared unclean under Jewish law. The law forbade eating the meat of animals that had been sacrificed to pagan deities. According to the culture of that day, to share a meal was to commit oneself to friendship. For a child of God, some things cannot be negotiated or compromised. From the outset, Daniel refused the delicacies of the court. In many ways, his usefulness in the kingdom of God throughout the rest of the book depended on this single decision. Daniel did not wait until he was in a position of strength. Right from the beginning, he resolved to walk in the ways of God. Here's an important question that each person must ask himself or herself. What are the non-negotiable aspects of my life? Dear listener, determine a wise approach to immediate dilemma. Daniel didn't uh, uh, stage a protest or uh, participate in a hunger strike. Once he had developed his convictions, he sought permission to go on a different course. Notice that he also gave a reason that he might not defile himself. Conviction and resolve without action uh, become mere stubbornness. Daniel was able to tell his polytheistic officials the basis for his monotheistic beliefs. He acted with conviction but with respect for authority, even ungodly authority. Notice it was not Daniel's conviction or beliefs that caused the initial refusal. It was the anxieties of this official. Dear listener, refuse to retreat at the first sign of resistance. The self-serving commander of the officials was not moved by Daniel's request, but rather than responding with contempt, 
rebellion or even resignation daniel stayed focused on his commitment with a creator and reasonable alternative daniel even allowed this overseer to be the judge of the outcome of this alternative this was a humble confidence dear listener rely on divine assistance daniel chapter 1 verse 17 there's that phrase to be pondered god gave them passing this test allowed daniel to continue to live in harmony with his convictions his obedience brought another benefit god allowed him to have knowledge and wisdom about every aspect that culture without being swallowed up by it honor god with your life over the long haul this was not a one time event daniel didn't think he had proved his point and so was free to live any old way let's look at three critical outcomes number 1 dear listener in verse 19 daniel and his friends seen as unique they weren't odd or weird or even shunned living according to their convictions made them a source of conversation secondly in verse 20 they were seen as uh, indispensable daniel and his three friends had trained in all the learning and arts of this culture yet it was their distinctiveness that brought them to this level of influence lastly dear listener and thirdly according to the verse 21 they lived like this for more than 60 years they endured their influence in this pagan government had a profound effect for years to come in conclusion dear listener let's take it this way that the ultimate victory in this cultural crunch will not be on some national or international stage it will come one person at a time as you develop rock solid non negotiable biblical convictions as you live out those convictions you will never lack an opportunity to influence the surrounding culture for good dear listener we have no example in scripture of government becoming godly and changing the world but today we have many examples of small business owners teachers parents retired people couples single adults and students changing forever how their friends and family look at life god bless you dear listener as you take the right attitude towards god and stay firm within the faith of the lord let's pray dear listener our eternal and merciful father we thank thee for sparing our lives thus far we believe you have purpose for each and every one of us may we have the right attitude towards you and in our day to day life in jesus precious name we pray amen with this We have almost come to the end of our broadcast. To know more on God's word, you are always welcome to write to us on Adventist World Radio, Post Box number 17, Pune, 
4110001 Maharashtra India You may also email us on adventismediacenter@gmail.com We also invite you to visit our website for these programs and that is awr.org/englishprogram This is your host Sharad and I'm Maureen signing off from Adventist World Radio. Do join us again along with your family and friends. Until then we wish you goodbye and God bless you.